This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And it's Frank Proctor, known otherwise as the sous chef of the garden. Welcome, uh, Franklin Proctor. Why, thank you very much, Charlotte. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be one of those formal (laughs) Formal occasions, yes, as we meet and have a little discussion about gardening and such. And whatever else comes up, yes. (laughs) Exactly. Well, Charlie, good to see you. And uh, I'm looking outside now at the uh, action just outside the window here, and it's very cloudy. uh, Across the province. Oh, and humid. (sighs) It's one of those days where you wear the weather. It's so it's so Cup close. your hands together. Yeah. You can catch water. Yeah. Even when anyway, it's not raining. We'll, we'll deal with the weather, I'm sure, and all sorts of other topics. Mm-hmm. But let me get the phone numbers on okay. the air. Folks want to get a hold of Charlie Dobbin. She's here. It's a garden show. Okay. In Toronto, call 416-360-0740. Anywhere else in the province, toll free, 1-866-740-4740. And uh, our little mantra goes this way. Call early. Call often. One question per call, and now can you always call back? Yeah, right? of, course. of course. And that's happened the last couple of weeks, <laughs> no, for gosh sakes. And then if you're a first-time caller, oh, let us know, because I've got my little, uh, it's a Salvation Army bell, it really is. And you do a and very good job ringing thank it. Thank you very much. That's <laughs> That precedes you on the air, getting your garden wings. Yes, okay? because we like to welcome first-time callers. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a really, sometimes well, you a join the club, step. you know, yeah, that's Part of, part of the yeah. gang. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, now, as is my wont, we, uh, my various sundry <laughs> uh, announcements on what's yeah. going on. So there is an, a garden festival going on today, and I have mentioned it the last couple of weeks. The location is Whistling Gardens. And, of course, Whistling Gardens is a very unusual, very large, privately owned mm. arboretum started with passion and love. Uh, it's just uh, – it's actually in Wilsonville, which is just south of Brantford. Oh. Whistling Gardens is celebrating Blossom Summer Garden Festival today. It's an all-day event. Tickets include the Sultans of String, live in the amphitheater, all-day botanical garden access, nature conservation, educational tours, and exhibits. Only $45 for the day includes lots of free stuff, but also there's local wine, beer, and a crafted festival menu for purchase. So really a fun day if you want to get out there. Uh, And it's a really wonderful place to visit. Mm -hmm. Toronto Botanical Gardens is hosting, remember last week we had Vivian here on the subject of Zim Sculpt. So Zim Sculpt continues throughout the summer. That is sculptures oh, in the garden from Zimbabwe. Marvelous. Totally beautiful. But as well in, during the summer, and this has started again, are the free concerts in the garden on Thursday evenings at seven o'clock. So this Thursday coming up is Tanika Charles. Have you mm-hmm. heard of Tanika Charles? No, maybe no. not. You just always no. seem so 
you know, on the edge. You're so cutting edge with these people. <laughs> so she's a Canadian. She's a soul and rhythm and blues singer. Uh, she released her full-length debut album uh, entitled Soul Run in 2016. So, of course, the concert happens, rain or shine. There's food. There's a farmer's market. <clears throat> Bring your own chair. It's just, it's a lot of fun. It's a beautiful place to be, to be listening to music right in the garden, surrounded by sculptures oh, from lovely. Zimbabwe. Yeah, funny. Excellent. And World Botanical Gardens is also hosting an event. It's the Enchanted Garden Weekend. So it's Saturday, August 3rd, right through to Monday the 5th. Uh, it is it's an opportunity to meet mystical creatures, mm-hmm. participate in delightful activities, and learn the secrets of RBG's Enchanted Garden. Tickets are available now at rbg.ca. And it's, again, a very fun and whimsical and creative place to spend a few a few hours or, or a day and, of course, take the kids. That's a lot of right. fun. And I just want to put it out there. Okay. 50 years ago today. 50 years ago, yes. Uh, there was a very famous event. There was the <laughs> Neil Armstrong stepping down onto the moon. And, of course, it was all broadcast. So I'm just interested. I remember where I was. And I yep. know you remember I where I remember you were. where I was. So yes, indeed. we may want to share that with our listeners at some point. But if you, when you call, if you want to share with us where Good you idea. were. On Excellent. Today, 50 years ago, mm-hmm. we're happy to hear it. Because I, there's great stories of where oh, people were. <laughs> yep, marvelous. And it's um, one of those you always remember, right? On a, another note entirely, uh, I, I suspect that our program director, Larry McGinnis, is tuned in this morning. Mm, yeah, uh, suspect, yeah. Yeah, I, but I'm looking at the call board. The first three callers are all men. And, oh, that's, and that's rather unusual. And I wonder what Larry would make of that, uh, you know, thinking, hey. Men guarding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But They're not afraid so to ask questions. Yeah, we like that. <laughs> but I think it's good for the uh, demographics of the show. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a good thing. Yeah, it's a great thing. And we're going to be talking to those fellas and uh, a, a lady who will be uh, the fourth caller in line. Anyway, <laughs> uh, getting back, getting that uh, uh, underway in just a couple of moments here as you listen into the Garden Show from Zuma Radio AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Well... Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. <laughs> Stepped right on his throat. I'm so sorry about that. You so excited to get going on the show. Well, I see that on my call board here, I see a famous name, John. John, yes. <laughs> From Mississauga. Old friend. <laughs> Welcome to the show, John. You make me laugh, Frank. All that time, buddy. Uh, good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, John. Yeah. First of all, Charlie, I want to thank you for uh, the couple emails uh, answered. Um, yes, I thought that was couple, you. A couple friends asked me those things, and mm-hmm. I'll, you know, they they know that, um, you know, I'll talk to you often. But uh, anyhow, uh, again, thanks. My pleasure, um, Charlie. Um, my tomatoes, at first, my wife said, oh, they're not going to grow this year. When we planted them, they weren't more than six, seven inches. Right. But now, my God, they're around four feet. What? Oh, wow. Whoa. I'm not kidding you. you so, you... shall I, shall I uh, cut the tip? Uh, okay, so these are... too early. Well, you know what? Given this heat and given this humidity, I would be inclined... Well, it depends. If you take the tip off, remember, it's just going to get wider and you know more and more like suckers, side branches. Mm-hmm. So, Which I've been cutting those, 
do. Yeah, so it just depends on the kind of space you've got between the tomatoes, I would say. If you don't take the top off, you know, they go up to like four or five feet and then they come back down, you know, seven yeah. or eight feet. And they start leaning all over each other and that does impact the quantity and quality of the fruit. Oh, okay. So at some point you have to put yeah. some control on them. But uh, but yeah, good for you. Such a cold, wet start to the season. Oh, no, no, believe me. When, when, because, uh, you know, my wife, you know, she does from seeds because people, you know, are give me the, I don't know, yeah. the pepper shape or the heart shape or the, oh, ball, yeah. the ball heart, so on and so forth, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, oh, well, this year we're not going to have it. Oh, yeah, you know, I planned them too late, da, 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 da. Yeah, right? it was cool. But I'm telling you, they are, you know, growing. Well, good I mean, for you. I'm, but anyhow, so I don't, I don't cut it. In other words, um, no, I would not necessarily. It's a bit early to do that, but certainly by the end of July, I'd be, I'd be bring taking that top down and just okay. allow everything that's there to, uh, you know, mm-hmm. fatten up and and ripen up. Okay. okay. Thanks very much. Okay. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. Be, 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 be cold, okay? <laughs> if we can. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, don't go outside if you oh, don't need to. Right? And, and if you're, take some water along with yeah. you. Keep hydrated That's because right. this is wicked, wicked weather. Okay, Robert in Toronto, you are next on the line here. Good morning. Good morning, uh, Charlie and uh, <clears throat> Frank. You know, like talking to Charlie is like going to church. <clears throat> when you come out, you've been saved for another week. <laughs> Wow, can I and quote you to, on that? I'm here to take collection. <laughs> From yourself. <laughs> so what I was going to ask you is that I went up north on the uh, through the week there, and I passed through Unionville and uh, mm. went on up through uh, Kirkfield and just giving a scenario there where I went, mm. and then through what, um, I guess it was, uh, I don't know, Hunts, or no, uh, Halliburton, so, yeah, yeah. In Mount, and they have these hanging baskets on their light poles. Yeah. They must be three feet across. Yeah. Oh, four feet deep I know. and i was wondering what the cir- the secret is to making them grow <laughs> like that well you're right i mean there's and like unionville is a good spot to start that tour because they do a beautiful job on the main street so what do they do well those massive baskets um underneath all that foley as you can't see there's usually a fiber a pot or a lot of spag moss and of course the fiber the spag moss is a water holding uh, shell, if you will, that holds the moisture. There's usually also a plastic saucer planted inside. The, it's a wire basket frame. And then there's a plastic saucer inside. Then there's all this spag moss. And of course, spag moss holds 20 times its weight in water. So it's a, it's a, able to hold a lot of water. Bunch of little plants are planted up. And this is back in February that these things are started. They're cared for very carefully in a greenhouse environment optimal conditions, fertilizer regularly, um, bright, you know, sunny areas. And by the time they get outside, they're a good size. Now, the municipalities know that to keep those looking good and growing, they need to be maintained. Mm. So while we're all sleeping in the middle of the night, there are people out with water trucks and they are watering those every single night. No kidding. And it's not usually even just plain water. It's actually water with fertilizer. So every time they're watered, they're given a very low dose of fertilizer. And that's why they look so good. And they clean them up if there's any dead stuff that needs to be cleaned up. Yeah. All right. So I feel like I've been to church. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, you you brought up an interesting thing. Uh, Shirley and I drove up to uh, Bracebridge last week to visit an old friend up there. And on the way back, I think it was on Highway 12. And I meant to make note of the the small community we drove through. But all along the way, there were bicycles (laughs) painted different. And they had flowers. Baskets. Bicycles all over. All in the main drag, and Where I thought, you "Wow, been? that's terrific." We we're I think it was Highway 12. We came oh, down yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Highway like 11, Bro- and Brooklyn. then 69. Oh, 
Brooklyn's just north of Whitby, uh, so uh, it's above there. No, no, it's yeah. And it really is obviously at the top. Yeah. So I've, it's before already. It's great. Uh, no, golly. That's great. Anyway, it's That's just marvelous. Where my bicycle went. <laughs> could be. If could you don't be. lock it up, it but can go had, places. <laughs> all sorts of them. I you know, know, but you know what? I used to be a judge with Communities in Bloom, mm-hmm. and that's what Communities in Bloom was all about. It was about encouraging communities to beautify so people like yeah. us would go, wow, and talk about it. Well, if anybody and knows pride. where the heck I drove through, <laughs> let me know. Let okay. Know. okay. <laughs> hey, thanks for calling, Robert. Well, uh, thank you for your time. Okay. It. Take Thanks care. for calling. Uh, we've got Peter to get to next, who is uh, calling in from Southampton. We'll be along to you, Peter, very shortly here on The Garden Show from Zuma Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Uh, let's welcome Charlie Peter to the line here from Southampton. Good morning, Peter. Good morning. Uh, summertime <laughs> on the beautiful shore, lay on the beautiful shores of Lake Huron. You're in a beautiful well, you, spot, yes. is right. Gorgeous uh, day. Pardon? Is it a lovely day there today? Yes, we haven't had any significant rain for two weeks. Oh, mm-hmm. man. Just beautiful weather. Uh-huh. Right, hot and dry. Yeah, same same where I live. Things are parched. Well, we got dumped on yesterday up you in did, Stoville. You did, I thought oh, you might have. Wow. It, we well, ha- we my had question party. is, I phoned you in the uh, spring and about my hydrangea. Mm-hmm. And uh, you gave me the usual information and... Uh, as I look out on my neighbor's property, they have a line of hydrangeas. She never waters, never fertilizes, hmm. never cuts them down, <laughs> and they are blooming beautifully. Mine, it has a, a few buds starting to come out. Well, it's obvious you're, you're not a very nice person. <laughs> so, anyway... I'm sort of damned if I do and damned if I don't. <laughs> but but it is possible you have different variety than, than your neighbor. Because hers are white, obviously. And hers are a variety called Annabelle. It's been around for a long, long time. And you're right. They're super tough. The one thing that happens, of course, is that they flop on the ground. They tend to be so big that so they... So heavy. Yeah, yeah. They, they kind of... Yeah, they get a bit muddy in the rain. But you may have a form of hydrangea that is a more recent cultivar than your neighbors. Uh, I have a feeling you, because you only have a few buds, you have one that's called Endless Summer, or it's in that series. Do you remember? Uh, well, um, I think the name is, uh, oh, I forget the name now. It's a popular one. Yeah, because the Endless Summer was a brand new, very, you know, everybody's very excited about it because it was just going to be a guaranteed bloomer all summer. And that was about 15, 20 years ago when it was introduced onto the market. And for most of us, it's been a disappointing plant. It hasn't plant. lived up to the hype. No, it's no. been a lot of green and, and a few flowers, but just mm. not what, like the bountiful we were expecting. So if you want the bountiful like your neighbors got, you might want to go looking for, but if you've got lots of sunshine, I love a newer variety of Annabelle, which is called Incredible. So it's like the word incredible, but Incredible, B-A-L-L. And this flowers are the size of soccer balls, and they're white. 
And they're guaranteed. They're, there's none of this, you know, a couple of little blooms. They're huge. And the stems are designed to be stronger than the Annabelle stem. So it should stand up taller, but it does need lots of sun. And it is a great plant. I, I have one in my front garden right now. I've taken a bunch of cuttings off of it to take some with me to my next location because it's just a wonderful shrub. Super, super easy to have in the garden. So consider throwing out the one you've got and get composting and trying something different. Hmm. Well, okay. I you uh, I think my uh, I define mine as being incredible. Oh, there you go. Once it blooms, is it pink though? When it blooms? Okay. Well, thank you. Okay. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> thanks a lot, Peter. All right, Peter. Thank you very much. It's uh, like the lilac question, right? Yeah. If I, my neighbor doesn't do anything to the lilac, but it blooms like crazy, and yeah. I do everything. I'm, and I, I've I, got to show you a picture I took uh, yesterday. I think it was yes in uh, Joan Love's backyard. Oh, Remember, she's got a she's gorgeous garden. Aurora. Yeah. My God, there is a bloom there the size of a dinner plate. It's oh. fantastic. Wow. Yeah, I got took show a picture. I'll show yeah, you later. Yeah, show okay. Me. Mary and Palgrave <laughs> is on the line. Good morning, Mary. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, once again, I'm calling. Uh, do you know anything about a plant called Lily of the Nile? Oh, I feel like I do, but I have to just do a quick search. Okay. okay. I bought this plant at an antique shop. I convinced her to sell me one of her two plants at an antique shop about six years ago because it had such beautiful purple blooms, mm-hmm. and it has not bloomed for me at all, ever. Right. So I know it as the proper name, which is Agapanthus. Um, Agapanthus is a proper name. It's uh, Lily of the Nile is the common or familiar Mm -hmm. term that people use. So it's never bloomed for you. Not yet. So (laughs) tell me what you've been doing with it. I have it in a window window flower bed, Mm -hmm. and uh, it's lovely and green, Mm -hmm. but that's all it is. Oh, I see. Okay, so it does. And do you force it to go dormant during the winter, like stop watering it, just like we do? No, I don't. Am I supposed to? Well, it is a a bulb. It is growing from Mm -hmm. a bulb. It is typically, I think of it as something that we um, do force it to go dormant. I'm just double-checking here, because I've actually never grown it myself. It's only so much space in my house. Um, it is a tropical plant. It is native to South Africa. Um, so this is all about variety. It's such gorgeous blooms on it that I, uh, convinced her to sell me one of her two <laughs> plants. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and you, you do have it outside, you said, right? No, I have it inside in a window box. Okay. Could you put it outside? Uh, I guess I can dig it back up again and put it out, yes. Oh, well, the box that it's in right now, could the bo- box, oh, it's like a it's permanent... In the, in the window, we I have see. a window planter. Like, oh, I see. Mm, and nice. I sink the pots down into the ground, and I just leave them there. And it's got lovely leaves, uh, somewhat yeah. like a daylily. Uh, okay, um, you know what? It doesn't bloom. All right, so... To, all right, so here, you know what? I'm going to have to report back on this because I'm just doing a quick search. So, um, yeah, leave that with me. Keep listening, and like uh, I'll just double check. But if I was growing agapanthus, I would grow it to get lots of growth during the growing our growing season, which mm-hmm. is now. Uh, and I would expect flowers in the summer, and it would look lovely. And then I would let it be dormant for the winter. So I okay, would treat it like then a, I should be taking it out of that and just. Treat it the way I do the other. Yeah, outside, lots of sun. It's drought tolerant. Um, yeah, let it be out there. Lot, you know, it's that sun that'll really make it grow. And of course, that you're trying to initiate flowers, avoiding Uh, fertilizers, generally speaking. But yeah, keep listening, and I will, uh, like I said, give you a little more information on that when we get back from uh, our next break. Okay. 
Okay, thank you. I'll keep listening. Thank, thank you. you very, very much. All righty. Uh, on we go to, let me show, oh, get, Kitchener. Um, yeah, Mike, uh, good morning. Welcome to the show. Morning. Uh, I have a family member with uh, problems with wilt in his tomato plants. Oh, yeah. They seem to come very good uh, for about the last couple of weeks, and all of a sudden they got the wilt, and both of them died. Yeah. There are some blights that happen on tomatoes. Every year it seems to happen, starting about now. There's early blight, mid-blight, and late blight. They, there's nothing you can really do about them once they start. They are fungal, like fungus-based diseases. The best thing for this family member in the future is to, um, next time, next year, planting tomatoes, leave more space between them. They're likely packed in so tight that there's insufficient air, insufficient sun, and that's when we get into real fungal issues, particularly when we have high humidity and lots and lots of rain like we had earlier in the season. Yeah, so, there was lots of room in between them. Um, and he's had the same problem the last couple of years, okay. and this year he changed the soil. Around oh, them. Oh, good for him. That was a good idea. Um, and or it still is, didn't work. Is it six hours or more of sunshine every single day? Like, is it full, full sun? Uh, pretty well, for the most part. Mm. Like, he's got him in a garden, and the rest of his garden is doing very well. Yeah. Do you know what varieties of tomatoes he's growing? Are they? Uh, they were better beef, I think it was called. Oh, I have some here that I grew the same out of the same box. And they're doing wonderful. Yeah, they're doing wonderful. Mm. So, yeah, there's something going on in that garden. There, there is because uh, better beef should be um, completely resistant. There is a, something called fusarium wilt that will kill tomatoes, but better beef should not be susceptible to that disease. And that, yeah, it's a soil-borne disease. That's a problem with some of the some of the soil-borne diseases, and that's why probably your friend did that change up of soil. However, it's pretty hard to really eliminate. Uh, you know, inoculants. These are bacterial diseases. Once they're in the soil, they're in the soil. Uh, you know what? Suggest to your friend that for the next couple of years, tomatoes be grown in containers above ground. In a that's po- what they're planning on doing. Next yeah, year. in into ah, like a go. container mm-hmm. gardens and oh. container soil. Leave these gardens with some beans or or you know um, kale, that sort of thing, to to kind of re- <clears throat> replenish. And sh- after three or four years, he should be able to go back to tomatoes. All right. Thanks very much. Thanks okay, for Mike. calling. Th- thank okay. you for joining us here on a Saturday morning where it's pretty cloudy out there. But wow, you talk about humidity. Very hot. Hitting a wall. And, and a caution, just particularly with older folks or if folks have breathing conditions, take it easy. Mm-hmm. Go slow. Don't rush. Okay, don't yeah. rush. Don't rush. There is no rush. <laughs> and we won't rush, but we'll get there. Siva, <laughs> good morning. Welcome to the show. Hi, Hi Siva. Okay, good. Morning. Morning. I have some butternut squash and pumpkins, and they're growing lovely. Mm-hmm. What I want to know is, should I cut off the shoots that come out? No. Why? Would the, you, you know, like like how you take the tomatoes and you take those. What do you oh, call like suckers. Um, suckers. Should I remove those? No, I I wouldn't. I would. I mean, you want to get as many fruits as you possibly can. Okay. But it's interesting, Siva, because you called last week about your zucchini turning yellow. They're still yellowing. <laughs> I know. And you know what? I thought about this later. Well, there's two reasons why this happens, why zucchinis drop off before being fully functional. One is that it was it was not quite perfect pollination. So 
we think there was a good pollination because there was a fruit formed. Okay. But if the fruit falls off, it means it was an imperfect pollination. And then the yellow part got me thinking, I wonder if she's growing squashes and pumpkins mm. near her zucchini because they will cross pollinate, right? They're all the same family. Yes. They're, they're, they're close. Yeah. And so it's insects that do the pollination. So probably what's happening is the little insects early in the morning are flitting back and forth to all these flowers and they're sharing pollen all over the place. Okay. So it is likely that, that that's what's going on with those zucchinis. They're just getting some squashes squash pollen and there's initial pollination but it's not really a fruitful fruit so okay. it, it shrivels up and falls off but oh. yeah let your squash and pumpkins go i mean unless they're going places you really don't want them to go yeah. then i would uh cut them back or control them as much as you can yeah. no i was just thinking that maybe i'd get a better crop if i remove those because they might take the energy from the Main vine, but if you say, then I'll leave them. Yeah, those little side shoots can still flower. I mean, yeah. it, remember, it's all about green leaves for photosynthesis, and photosynthesis makes it makes it all happen. That's okay, that's what's growing. Then. Growing Thank is based on. Much. Thanks, Siva. Thanks for bye-bye. calling. As as we wave bye bye to Siva, that leaves a line open either at the Toronto line four one six three six zero zero seven forty or uh, the long distance line toll free one eight six six seven forty. Four seven forty. I see the call board says uh, Linda from Port Perry look, on the line. Look what she's calling Maybe about. bicycles. Yeah. Oh, hey, Linda. Good morning. <laughs> Hi, Linda. Well, good morning. Hello, Linda. Oh, oh, we lost her. Oh, don't tell me. I think. Oh dear. <laughs> but the fact that she's calling from. Well, Getting some feedback there. So, Linda, if you can hear us, turn your radio right off. Maybe, maybe that's what the problem was. Yeah, maybe. You had your radio up uh, and when we were feedback. trying to hook, hook in there. But so the fact she called from Port Perry indicates that perhaps that's where you saw the bicycles. Uh, gee, you know, no? it's a little north of that, I think. Yeah, and also maybe did you even yeah. go through Port Perry? Well, she knows. She yeah. lives well, in the there you go. general area. <laughs> we'll, we'll She'll call back, call back, hopefully. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> okay. Meantime, uh, Barbara in Hamilton on the line. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. Um, I'm calling. A friend has offered me a raspberry cane, I guess, mm-hmm. that I can plant mm-hmm. to start some raspberries. Mm-hmm. We're wondering if I should wait till fall before I plant it. Definitely. Or? Yeah, no, no, it's way too hot. Right now, it's so hot. To start digging things up and transplanting is so hard to be successful at when it's this hot. Okay, that would be the same with a squash plant, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it'd be hard to lift a squash plant or even... It's not so hard to plant. Like, if you have something in a pot that's perfectly happy and stable in the pot and then put it in the ground in all this heat and water thoroughly and keep track of it... Well, I think this is from outside. Okay, yeah. Whereas if you are digging out of the garden and then moving to a new location and transplanting, I would hold off with that. That's just not easy to do. There's root damage in that process. The plants will suffer so much that you'll just end up wasting your time. Better to wait till things cool off, which hopefully will happen soon enough, because I know I have a lot of work to do in my garden, which I can't do in all this heat. So um, yeah, wait, wait a few weeks. Okay, thanks for calling. Very good. Uh, we're going to screech to a halt momentarily anyway. Uh, have to take a little bit of a commercial sure, yeah. break. Mm-hmm. Charlie, give you a bit of a break too. You've been busy as all get out. Uh, mm-hmm. And we'll come back to say hi to uh, Jim in Scarborough here on The Garden Show. And it's, of course, broadcast on AM 740. And that is uh, as well in downtown Toronto, 96.7 FM. Crystal clear, don't you know? <laughs> 
Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And, uh, Charlie, we're going to get an answer from Linda in uh, about the bicycles, think I think, it's shortly. the yeah. same Linda. Yeah. Uh, well, well, let's, let's calling, check. Yeah, okay. Hi, Linda. <laughs> Good morning. Hi. Hi. No, it's not the same, Linda. Oh, I go. live in Sutton. Okay. Right. That's what I thought. Okay. Okay. So, anyways, the little town is called Brecon. Brecon. Oh, yeah. Oh. And it's just after Beaverton. Right. Oh, I know where that is. Yeah. And it's a small little town near Lagoon City. That's right. Beautiful. That's exactly right. Brecon. And in the fall, they decorate them for Halloween, and they have a terrific scarecrow festival. Excellent. Well, isn't that something? Well, well, congratulations to the town and all the residents there who take such pride. Yeah. It, it's really terrific. It really is. Beautiful. Oh, I know. They're beautifully done, aren't they? They sure are. Hey, thanks, Anyways, Linda, very much. I just wanted to let you know and have a wonderful day. Okay. Thank you very kindly. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Now, you wanted to deal, Charlie, with a particular question. I think it was Mary in Palgrave yeah. who uh, had something that you were doing Agapanthus. a little bit of research. Agapanthus. Agapanthus. Also known as Lily of Denial. When you said... you. <laughs> I thought she said Lily of Denial. You know, know. It's, I will not bloom for you. you know? <laughs> so this is Lily of The Nile, the Nile okay. was what uh, Mary asked about. But the proper oh, name is Agapanthus. It is a South African native bulb. Uh-huh. Uh, of course, very easy to grow in South Africa because they don't have cold winters or, or cold enough to kill it because yeah. it is not going to withstand our winters. So what you do is you keep it potted up outside all summer, yeah. uh, inside for the winter, uh, stop watering it when you bring it inside, but you don't want to bring it into a warm location. You want, you need a cool, dark place for it to go dormant mm. and to stay dormant. If you keep this plant warm all winter, you will not get flowers. And I think that might be what's going on for Mary. She's just been letting it keep growing and growing and growing as a green plant, right. but it needs that cool period in order to set those flower buds. Uh, do not repot it. Keep it a little bit pot bound. It's happier pot bound and again, more likely to flower. So it's one of those things in and out. Just leave it in the pot out for the summer, in for the winter. You can let it have a very light frost. That will kill off all the green leaves and whatever flowers are there. Take it inside, remove all the dead stuff, put it away dark and cool. Uh, it doesn't, it could be as cool as a refrigerator or, or slightly warmer, mm-hmm. but not below freezing. Otherwise, you will kill it. Okay. Right, there it is. That's Fair the enough. Answer. Thank you very much, Charlie. My Charlie pleasure. Dobbin, right here on Zoomer Radio. Now, uh, we're going off to the east a little bit here, Scarborough. There's Jim. Good morning, Jim. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Excellent. You good? Not too bad. I'm from Ajax, actually. But uh, cool in enough. any case, my <laughs> lawn is about sixty percent clover. Oh, good. You know, is there anything I can do with the clover to get rid of it? It's even- <laughs> Like they're, they're even blooming, little white flowers on them. And I know, and you look closely, there's all little insects all flitting back and forth, taking nectar and moving pollen around. All right, yeah. I know, I know. Some people just don't like um, the clover in their lawn. However, I bet you have one of the greenest lawns on the street. Because, oh, it's very green, except for all these little white flowers on top. Well, just get out your mower and, and mow off those flowers. You'll find that most, most of them will come off with the mower. The yeah, nice thing, what we love about clover is that it's got a very very excellently deep growing taproot. So just like a carrot, it sends mm-hmm. that taproot right down and we don't see rain for three weeks. That clover is still finding water. Our turf right. grasses, on the other hand, have those little fibrous roots that are all up in the top couple of inches. And I don't know about you, but my neighborhood, my lawn, it's all pretty yellow now with the lack of rain. 
So yeah, well, mine mine's still pretty green. Yeah, I have some. Clo- I have about thirty percent clover in my lungs. So you're greener than me. Se- yeah, I'm about sixty or seventy percent. Yeah, so. so be happy with it. Don't don't get frustrated. It's pretty hard to get rid of it. You, know, it just is a very large digging operation, and I don't really see the point to do that. Yeah. I mean, it's no. it's green. Your little flowers are supporting the pollinators. You don't need to fertilize it. It's taking its own nitrogen out of the air because it's a legume plant. Mm-hmm. So it's it's way easier than than uh you know poa pretensis also known as turf grass <laughs> so i just live with it then okay. yeah i would i would get used to it love it Okay. All right. Very good. Thank Thanks, you Jim. Much. Have a good day. All right. You bet you. Thank <laughs> Thanks you. Thanks for calling. And I'm, sp- and I'm sending out a special hi to Roy in Burlington because he's calling about a marijuana plant here. Okay. <laughs> Hello, Roy. Yeah, good in morning. Burlington. Yeah. Good morning. Um, what I'm doing, I'm growing some cannabis plants. Mm-hmm. I have two that are in the ground, the soil's clay, mm-hmm. and they seem to be doing okay, but the two that are, I have them in pots, fairly mm-hmm. deep pots. The leaves on the bottom are starting to turn yellow. Is it because I'm not getting them enough fertilizer? Well, it could be fertilizer, but no, it's more likely water. So when the lower leaves, which are the older leaves, turn yellow, then the plant is just naturally defoliating at the bottom. You want it green on the tips. That's where you want all your new growth. So just be careful with your fertilizer. Do do fertilize, uh, particularly the ones in the pots, because remember, potting soil has no nutritional value. Your two that are in the ground are getting naturally occurring life and nutrients from the garden soil. Potted plants take a lot more care and maintenance, particularly when it comes to fertilizer. So yes, be consistent. Uh, use a balanced or a flowering plant fertilizer uh, at least every two weeks. Also, check for water every single day in this heat. You've got to make sure these plants are kept cool and moist in order to keep them growing. I mean, they, they won't die or anything. They're pretty tough plants. But if you really want to get the, the value of the buds, you want that to you know mature and, mm-hmm. and get to that point, you're going to have to do that kind of uh, tender, loving care. But they are easier to grow in the ground for that reason. Less Less maintenance. All right? Okay, appreciate that. Good Thanks. luck with that. Thanks, Thanks, Roy. And thank you for uh, reaching out here to Charlie here on The Garden Show. Have to take a little bit of a break, but we will return in just moments to say hi to Tony in Toronto here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Charlie, you know one of my favorite meals mm-hmm. in the whole world is spaghetti just smothered in butter and garlic. <laughs> oh, I see a call from Tony. It has to do with garlic. It got me think, got me salivating already. Yes. Yeah. Hi, Tony. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Uh, I just want to ask you, I have a problem with my garlic. What? Carry on. The, the garlic? Yes. It's growing beautiful in the spring. Mm-hmm. It's coming until, uh, you know, green, yep. a month ago. Yep. And then it's starting to go yellow. Yes, exactly. And the, the, the air in, uh, on the bottom, when they pull it up, they're gone. Hmm. Oh. Okay, hold on. So yeah, all right. So they're they should be turning yellow now. That does make total sense. Yeah, but it's a, a it's not a, a yellow natural yellow. Oh, okay. It's just like look, you know, and the air when they pull them, yep. you know, the, there's no bulb there. There's 
know. Just I, not all of them, but most of them. Okay, so there's a couple things that could have happened there. One is there are um, some little horrible maggots that can eat the bulbs of garlic and onions. Okay. So you could look closely, see if you if there is a bit of a bulb there. Look closely to see if there's any tunneling or any any tissue missing. That will tell you that maggots did the damage. The uh-huh. other thing that could have happened is back in the spring or a month ago when the flowers started to form on the garlic. They're called yeah. scapes. They're little pigtails, little curly uh, tails up at the top. Mm-hmm. They need to be cut off in order for the bulb to grow beneath the ground. Oh. If you leave the scapes or the flowers on the garlic, the energy will go into flowers and seeds and you will not get a bulb below. So that in order to get that something to harvest out of the ground, the scapes need to be cut off back uh, uh, five, six weeks ago, and they but I, should I, be turning I cut, I cut the, the... You did? Okay. Oh, yes, okay. I did. So that's good. Well, um, nothing really gets garlic other than onion maggots. Um, so just look really... I, I mean, unless it's a low spot and they've rotted underground, which would be kind of weird in all this dry world. You know, it, it, garlic are easy to grow. They just need I know, good soil. I, I, I used... Well, I have a cottage, and mm-hmm. I, I planted up there, and we had... Like uh, tennis balls. Uh, <laughs> wow! Yeah, garden. yeah, yeah. You know, beautiful. And now it's been uh, three, four years that mm. I started to have problems. Oh. I don't know. And that's the same spot you're planting them in. Yeah, I give them a break. I mean, I know garlic is supposed to be able to be planted in the same spot forever and ever, but I have certainly seen decline in my garden when uh-huh. I plant anything in the same spot year after year. Well, me too. Like, yeah. uh, so, I don't know. I didn't. So think I, it was a problem for that. No, it shouldn't be. But give a, go for beans or something in there next year and move the garlic somewhere else. And, of course, make sure you're planting your gar- garlic in the fall, right? Oh, yeah, I do. Okay, good. Oh, well, that's good. It all, all sounds right. good, Tony. So I, it might just be a rotation thing, a time okay. to rotate. Thanks for calling. Thanks, Thank you. Thanks Bye-bye. for checking in here in the garden show. Hey, Frank, I need yeah. to share an email. Oh, uh, yeah. This was an email sent in by one of our listeners, Bobby Benson, and uh, the question was, tell me what's attacking my lilies and how can I prevent it? Um, and Bobby is listening to the show right now, so I said, okay, no worries, I'll, I'll answer on the show. Now, Bobby sent some great... Great photographs I can show you. They're really great little mm-hmm. close-ups of disgusting little creatures. So what you've got on your lilies, Bobby, are something called lily leaf beetles. But the pictures you've taken that are all kind of slimy and disgusting are the larval form of the beetle. So this is the, the young beetle before mm-hmm. it becomes a beetle. It's a larva. And it's looks really extra disgusting because they cover themselves in their own poop. Oh, gee. Yeah. So the birds don't see them. The birds don't eat them. They just think it's a blob of poop. (laughs) And so under that poop is that little larva, and they'll eat every part of your lily. They'll chew leaves. They'll chew stems. They'll chew flowers. Quickly, they will also you know, hmm. uh, metamorphosize into their next thing, which is a red beetle. That's why it's called a lily leaf beetle. They're bright red. You can't miss them. And they also will chew every part of your lily. So what are you going to do to prevent? Uh, you're going to get rid of your lilies because you can't prevent. Nope. It's, it's uh, there's no known control. Uh, you can go out there and pick all this messy stuff off. You can try um, cheesecloth mm-hmm. over your lilies early in the spring to try and protect them from the arrival of these beetles. But once they're on there, it's either a pick and squish yeah. or it's a give up the lilies, I'm afraid to say. Okay. All right. Thanks so, for that, though. You wanted to mention something else. Oh, uh, I well, I wanted to mention... Um, 
that I asked at the beginning and yeah. nobody picked up, picked up on my, where were you 50 years ago? So I just, you know, 50 years ago today, first men landed on the moon and took their first walk on the moon. Yep. So I was 12 years old and my family had a, had a cottage up in Lake Tomogamy, mm. very isolated. Like you were talking 50 um, kilometers from the nearest marina yeah. was our boat ride. So my dad being my dad said, we got to see this. This is history. Low, Got out of our tents, loaded everybody into the boat, drove 50 kilometers to the marina, got in the car, drove another 100 kilometers to North Bay, checked in at a motel called the Red, the White Fawn Motel <laughs> to watch the, the, the space, the moonwalk. And next morning got, you know, watched all night because it was yeah, on late at night. And then got next morning, had breakfast, loaded back into the car and went back to the island. Wow. But it was quite a big trip to go to get to a TV was the point, right? We've all, I'll, I'll uh, yeah. maybe share my experience on my show this afternoon yeah, from okay. 1 to 3.30. I think we've got a Yeah, 1 to 3.30 live, live in the city. Live in the city. Yes, right. indeed. So uh, do you want to take another caller? Do you want no, I think to tell? we have to. Yeah, so I'm going to miss you next week. You're not going to be with me. I, uh, I am looking fact, for a we'll fill-in. here for two weeks two at weeks. least. Yeah. Um, just to let folks know, mm-hmm. um, I'm going in, into the hospital mm-hmm. next Friday mm-hmm. for an operation on mm-hmm. my left lung. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have an excellent surgeon who's going to be taking good care of me. I They'll hope. do laparoscopic surgery. Which is amazing. And, and take take you know, probably the lower left par, uh, lower part of my left lung mm-hmm. and get rid of it because there's a little nodule that's growing there that you don't want. Right. And uh, I'm, I'm totally confident in this guy's ability. He's a marvelous surgeon. Mentioned his name. I just mm. am so fortunate yeah. to have such a wonderful surgeon take care of me. And attitude and, uh, is yeah. half of it, right? Pardon me. Attitude, oh, your yeah, attitude, your sure. positive attitude. Your, yep. You know, you like try to. Obviously, we were always anxious before any kind of surgery, whether yeah. it's minor or major. There's always anxiety, but but just being positive and being confident and trusting your team. Exactly. That's like half yeah. the battle of a, of a good outcome, right? Yeah. And of course, yeah. next Saturday, hopefully, you'll be up for me bringing a little brunch. Well. Little well, there you go. After the well, show, I'll come would, visit you. We would hope. Anyway. <laughs> Thank you. I just want to mention that yeah. and let folks know I, I, I think it's a marvelous thing that uh, in Canada mm-hmm. we have such great health care, and uh, I'm the beneficiary of that. For yeah, sure. you are for sure. So listen, um, for any updates on what's going on in my world, yeah. I do have a website, www.charliedobbin.ca, so you can see what's happening, where I am, and what I'm up to. Okay. Feel free to check it out there. And in the meantime, thanks so much, Tim. Couldn't do any of this without you, the great callers. Frank, we'll be thinking about you next week. Thanks, honey. And thanks again for being here today. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.